Welcome to episode 29 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me as usual is the glorious League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How are you doing? Glorious. Um, we're doing back-to-back days of podcasting, which is always good. And I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, earlier this week, the NRL had a brief Twitter Q&A session whereby people could tweet in questions for Todd Greenberg, and he would answer them via video responses. Now, Todd's a very busy man, of course, and he was unable to answer all of these questions. So you can probably guess where this is going. Yep. <laughs> we will answer a heap of these questions that Teva, Todd never got around to doing. So, um, And we're going to answer them the way he should have answered them, hey? Well, we could do that, I guess. Yeah. Which we want? Okay. All right. Let's get it started. The best part is this Q&A was on what, Monday, right? Yeah. And today is Friday and somebody just posted a question a couple of minutes ago <laughs> to ask Todd Greenberg. And the hashtag, by the way, is hashtag ask Greenberg. Oh, you might have said that. Yeah, so, I, I didn't. I didn't. But yeah, ask, hashtag ask Greenberg. Um, and yeah, uh, people, people still tweeting now. That is the height of optimism and I love you people for it. Mm. It's good people. <laughs> All right. First one was from, and I'm, I'm going to even ask the questions that Todd did answer. You know, let's, okay. let's just go through as many as we yeah. can. Point out the, the ones that he did answer, though, because I think it's important to know the sort of questions he did answer and then the sort of questions that maybe the social media team brushed on his behalf. Okay. Um, all right. The question is trying to... This, there's so many questions that get asked. Before yeah. um, you see a response from him, so I'm not too sure which ones will be answered or not. All right, it's we'll all see. right. Um, Nick Atarian at pmen72 said, "Todd he follows me." Oh, good. He says, "Todd, can you please relax the sin bin rule for striking?" Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. He should have said, "Yeah, no worries," and like. This idea, and look, I know why they did it, okay? But I've always felt as though the sin bin rule for striking was garbage and that if, as long as you've got two players that are thrown down and they're, it's it's a one-on-one fight, it should just be like, no worries. And I, you know the other thing? Don't stop the play. Just keep the play going because that stops every fight. Whenever the referee just says, play on, play on, I'm playing on, the fights stop immediately. Yeah, I think I think they should definitely keep the striking going on. We've mm. we've lost something out of rugby league, mm, definitely. Because and like seeing all the players run in to grab each other by the jersey is ridiculous. And I I wonder why we haven't yet seen somebody if they've got a beef with another player instead of striking right, get them like in some Brazilian jiu jitsu move, like. Take them to the ground and get them in a Kimura or something. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's take it to UFC levels now. Yeah, you're going yeah. to go into holds. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine the referee calls them over and says, look, I'm going to send you off for struggle. And you say, I didn't strike him once. It was just, just a rear naked choke. That's all it yeah, was. Exactly. Look, he, he regained <laughs> consciousness eventually. Here's a question for you, okay? Just say you've got someone in a rear naked choke in a fight and they went unconscious would their head been applied to them? I think that they'd go off because I think that... They'd go for the HIA. Yeah. 
<laughs> How weird's that? And it wouldn't be from a concussive blow. No. Mm. See, this is going all sorts of weird directions already. <laughs> this is great. Thanks, Mick. Um, next one, Harmon Singh says, have you thought about not playing regular season games during the Origin period? Players get fatigued during Origin, and then they are asked by their club to play for them on the same week, and if the club chooses to rest them, then they are disadvantaged. Well, we've already answered this in a podcast episode, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Which one was it? It was only a couple of podcasts ago, I think. Yeah. Um, About yeah. seven podcasts ago, back on Monday, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just, you know. Yeah, we need something better than what we've got because having these NRL rounds, it's just not working at the moment. Agreed. Um, you got to answer some of these, by the way. We should maybe go back and forth one-on-one. We could do it on a few of them. Yeah. Because okay. there's quite a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, at Stray2617 says, why does it hurt when I go to the bathroom? Okay, well, it's probably, if it's a burning sensation... You need to go and see a doctor. You need some penicillin. Well, it depends, um, too. I mean, maybe the bathroom's made out of broken glass. That yeah. might be something to look at, too. You may need a builder. Yeah. We, we, need, a we need to know whether it's the environment or whether it's your, your anatomy that's the problem here. Um, and given that Todd is neither a builder or a doctor, mm-hmm. you, you may have misdirected your question. Yeah, and considering it's a dude answering it, and I'm just an enthusiastic amateur gynecologist, I can't answer that question. So, no. But it kind of reminds me of the joke where the guy goes into the doctor and he says, it, I'm hurt all over, it hurts when I touch here, 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 and the doctor says, you've got a broken finger. Exactly right. Mm. That's an oldie but a goodie, that one. Yep. Um, it's a good okay. dad joke, that one. Uh, I can't even pronounce this one. So I'm Dahika and Daz. Mm-hmm. I've probably done it correctly. Said, have you ever thought of building a stadium that sits across each border so it can be the origin stadium? Say like Tweet Heads, for example. Make the halfway line be where the border is too. Well, the problem I get with that is at yeah. half time when they've got to change hands, you're going to have New South Wales playing out of the Queensland half and vice versa. Well, Queensland... Or, the Queensland players who are all from New South Wales will be playing out of the New South Wales half. Yeah. So New, South, New South Wales is at a disadvantage for half the game. You know what's crazy about this question? It's a fucking brilliant idea. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Can you imagine? I can't think of any other sport in the world that could say that they do something like that. And if the governments could get together and do something along those lines, it would be so unique to rugby league and so amazing. Like you could obviously couldn't build like a 60,000 seat stadium because, you know, it's just what you can do, have it for one game a year. Um, but yeah, it would be incredible if you could do something like that. It's brilliant. You'd have to get the Gold Coast to play out of it. Yeah. And it wouldn't yeah. take much. I mean, where would all of their 17 fans transfer? I'd also, <laughs> I think they'd be able to make the adventure. Um, yeah. I'd also make it so that if you're from Queensland, you can only sit on the Queensland side of the of the stadium. That would be cool. Like a 50-50 split like that. Yeah. Like, it's a stadium that's supposed to be uniting everyone because it's covering both stadiums, but it's going to be completely segregated inside. Well, you know the weird thing about <laughs> when you go to the Gold Coast is you fly into Gold Coast Airport and it's in New South Wales. Yeah. So... 
it, it, there are precedents here. Um, but yeah, it, in a weird way, it's like brilliant. I, I wonder how you they deal with zoning laws and stuff like that. Oh, the Maybe only problem it, you get there would be who's who's paying the rates, and both states wouldn't mind it because they'd be charging rates for each half of the ground. They're probably getting a bit of a coin out of it. True. Can you imagine if also they designed it so that one sort like the stadium inside is obviously the same. Say you built a replica of, um, I don't know, say the stadium at the Gold Coast. What's it called these days? Is it Seabus? That's the one. Yeah, Seabus Stadium. Say you build an exact replica of that, but the outside of it looked completely different on the Queensland side compared to the New South Wales side. So the New South Wales side would be all like shiny with glass and steel and that, and the Queensland side would be all like corrugated iron and banjos <laughs> hung up on the on the outside of it and like weird things like that. It'd be great. <laughs> this is a great idea. I love it. Anyway. Oh, it's brilliant. There's so many ways you can go with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, next question was from John Wilson. He says, what is your pick for state of origin? I mean, Greenberg's a blues man, so he's not going to say that because he's got to be fair and balanced for everyone in the game, but he's a New South Wales man. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the bias by New South Wales officials has worked so well in state of origin for New South Wales over the last decade. So, yeah, he should answer that. Well, to the point where they've gone, Mm. we want to make sure that people know that there's no bias. So they Mm. did everything to make sure that Queensland were more successful, just to prove how biased they were. It's the old thing from the test footy where they had, uh, what's it, what was that Pommy referee's name? I always forget names. What was his name? Um, I always remember the, the French one, Alain Sablier Rolls. Yeah, he was He was a classic. Cool. Yeah, he was a proper. He was like what a French, if you said, what would a French referee be like? And you just took the piss and then, but he was actually that. Yeah, nah, he was brilliant. I loved his work. Mm-hmm. Um Louis Bogambari just said, hashtag Ask Greenberg. Fair enough. I agree. <laughs> just thought I'd put that in there. Yeah. He had a great question and then just forgot. What if the question's all in white text, though? Maybe it's in invisible. I'm so pretty check. sure. Look, I'm pretty sure I, I wrote an article once where if you read it, it, and I think it was about the English rugby league team, if you read it, it seemed like I was praising them. But if you highlighted the whole article in between all of the lines and stuff I'd written things that were like just taking the piss out of England. I'm, <laughs> I'm really creative, hey? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the funny thing about this tweet by Louis is when you click on it, open it up, mm. it just says hashtag Ask Greenberg and then there's a picture of Todd's head and he's smiling and underneath it says thanks, ask another. Yeah, that's brilliant. He's very polite, is Todd. Yeah. Um, Aaron Jones says, why don't we scrub club games during the origin period? Already answered that. Done it, yeah. Um, Bodie Clifford asks, bring back the Biff just for origin? That's not really a question, but more of a demand, and we agree anyway. Yep, definitely. Um, what if, that... Can you imagine if the to do that, right, the NRL sits down and they say, look, what if we did this for origin? But to make that so that they could do it legally and not be liable in terms of head knocks and stuff, that they turned, they had to legally turn a state of origin match from a, a rugby league game into a boxing match or an MMA match. <laughs> so they had to get licenses and stuff like that for all the players. But then it was like a football game breaks out at the boxing match. Anyway. <laughs> um, 
Maka at JustFlips96 said, Is it possible to stop the NRL competition when the new... Is it possible to stop the NRL competition when the new TV rights deal starts and have a month of international football and a rugby league nights comp between the clubs instead of the current system because people seem to be losing interest in club footy during Origin? Yeah, I, um, I think yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I I just request commas. Um, <laughs> Wesley <laughs> Wesley Allen, why are we still playing club game? We've already answered this. Um, should the NRL's be on there? We've already answered that. Uh, more I've questions got along the lines of so when he was a happy with the origin schedule as it is or would you and the NRL board be open to holding it at other times less disruptive to the regular season such as postseason? Oh, I don't like the idea of postseason origin pre-season origin no I hate that too the Poms would like it but I hate it that's fair enough I'm, <laughs> I'm the same it's got to be in the middle of the year yeah yeah I've got um, one from three minutes yeah. ago from okay. uh, Laurie Parks. Yeah. He, he posted this literally a few minutes ago. Can we shorten the NRL season for more international games? Also, can we make it so that the winner of State of Origin becomes the Aussie team? Oh, no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. Although I do like the idea of shortening the NRL season by a couple of games to bring in more international games, even yeah. if they're at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm 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 big on more international games, absolutely. But yeah, I wouldn't have the the Origin team that wins the series to be the Australian team. No, no, and I think it would. I don't think it would add anything to the series either. Like, I'd, it would just sort of be a bonus. No, because I mean, let's face it. If if this is the problem you get with that situation, okay. Mm. If Queensland wins this series, mm-hmm. that means Moses and Bai becomes a Test player. Yeah, and we can't have that. No, we can't. Especially Did when the you... news there was news that came out this week that said he was looking to be benched at the best at the West Tigers. The captain of the club was about to get benched. That's how bad he was playing. Mm. And you got picked for Queensland, and now they're saying, "What's his future like? Like, is he going to leave the club now because he's going to get benched?" Uh, I, I tell you what, it, and it it wasn't a shock. I mean, we've talked about. Um, how he's kind of he's a little bit like Clint Gutherson. He's the fullback you have when you don't have a first grade fullback. Um, I think the difference with him by is that he's a little bit more more versatile and he's he's a handier player to have in first grade than Gutherson is. So, um, but if look if he wanted to leave the West Tigers, I feel like they would, you know, help him pack his bags. Yeah, I dare say he'll probably go to Penrith. Ah, oh, don't say that. Come on. <laughs> Um, Connor Roberts asked, when are you going to bring an Origin game to Auckland? That's a good question. I think it'll happen, hey? I'm not opposed to that. As I said, I don't mind Origin going, taking one game every now and then overseas. Yeah. I think, um, the I only... think it'd be Sorry, pretty man. epic if they took one over to, to Wembley. Yeah, I think that'll happen too one day down the track. Yeah. I think the only problem that you'd have with it is sorting out even in Auckland, the um, what time you kick off? I think you'd probably still get a really big crowd, but, but it's a a ten pm kickoff over in Auckland. They'd have to bring it forward to at least nine pm kickoff. <laughs> like and still, I mean, that's very late in itself. But that's almost what it kicks off over here. <laughs> By yeah. the time Channel Nine gets through a last lot of ads, and we, you know, some of us sing the national national anthem, some of us don't. 
we watch some band I've never heard of play. You know. Anyway. Well, over there it'd be um, Dave Dobbin, wouldn't it? That'd be pretty cool if they did that. If that they would be just, awesome. If they kiwied it up really hard. Bloody oath. Just go, you know what? This might be between between two Australian teams. We're going to make this as kiwi as possible. Yeah. Like, like have, the, a, have a huge ceremonial hucker at the start. Yep. And the whole game is sponsored by Foot Rot Flats. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just just to take the Mickey, all the games that are on in the undercard can be against um like New Zealand teams playing against each other, Auckland versus Christchurch or something, mm. and then have say a match between just just to put some Australian flavour in, they have a match between say Victoria and WA. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> just take the Mickey out of the whole concept. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chloe asked four of the worst games all season. What changes will you make? Um, need more context there, Chloe. Sorry. I think she's talking about the last round. Oh. You, you know the last round of games leading into Origin, how it was well, four games? He, he's given every club, you know, several million dollars worth in the salary cap. Yeah. Um, what more can he do? He can't yeah. He can't pick the teams for them all. Yeah, exactly. I Like, I think it's just a bit of a... And look, I, to the NRL's credit, I think they know this isn't the ideal scenario. And I think they're trying to make little changes because the broadcasters are probably a little bit worried about it. Um, you know, we've we've given the broadcasters a Sunday night uh, State of Origin game. The ratings are crazy for it still. I mean, uh, well, Wednesday I night... That, yeah, that's the Wednesday solution. They've, they've, got to move, they've got to move these games to all on Sundays if they're going to be... You know, if, it's going to, if they want to appease the, the competition and the fans who follow the NRL passionately and... Also, the broadcasters. I think that's a long-term solution. Is just take put it on a Sunday. See, I, I think if that's the if that if you say to broadcasters, look, we're going to stop the NRL competition for the week, right? We know you don't like that because you lose content, but the extra thing you get is that Sunday night State of Origin game. You get to be able to say we had the three highest highest rated TV shows in Australia because of that. Maybe that's a nice compromise. Absolutely, and I dare say, and I, <laughs> I dare say that the ratings for one Origin game on a Sunday would be equal to, at least, if not more than the the ratings they get for um, the games on the other days of the week they'd normally get in their typical NRL season. So, yeah, I don't I think they're really the, losing that much. The one thing they would have to work out is what they do because State of Origin isn't shown live on Foxtel and Foxtel would feel really left out. But I think if you put on enough international games, they would probably get the content that they want. Even if you put on international games and then, I don't know, junior rep games. Like, I always think that we should have under-20s rep games that are shown on TV. I think that would be fantastic for rugby league overall. I'd be fine with that. You know, you could also do to get some interest is you could put on a celebrity game. Oh, yeah. Who would be some of the celebrities you'd want in there, though? Well, Lincoln Lewis would be the first one because he keeps getting mentioned as playing for the Bulldogs when it's not Lincoln Lewis at all. <laughs> so I'd, I'd put him in there. He's got to play. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be one. You'd get Russell Crowe in there, surely. I know I he's... I think he's a Kiwi-born player, but you could, he, could pick, he could play for New South Wales. Yep. Um, I'd like to see Ida Bartros running a team around. Yeah, uh, get Ida in there. Get halfback. I'd, I'd get a few fragile-looking celebrities in there, like Hugh Jackman. 
I reckon Ida Buttrose would be like just like watching Craig Coleman when he played. You know, <laughs> she. And I reckon she'd like put the tape around her head though. She get definitely into it. tape her ears up. Yeah. You know what I'd like. You know what I'd be looking forward to if Ida played mm. is when her team got penalised and she went up to the ref. Mm. I reckon she'd be remonstrating the same with the same vigour that James Graham did. I, I tell you what, I reckon she'd be a Gary Freeman type. <laughs> I reckon that would be her go. She'd have, do you reckon she'd have the, the same little jink off the left that he had? Ooh, yeah, I don't know. He had, a, I reckon... he had a good little jink. He almost propped off his left foot and did a little pass. He didn't like to get tackled much, but he had a good little jink. That's true. Who else would you have? You'd have to have Ian Hewitson in there, big fella. Probably be a bit of a blocker roach type. Oh, yeah. Um, who else would you have? See, I don't watch too much Australian TV anymore because it's complete fucking garbage. Well, so, my, my idea of a, of a celebrity is someone who's in an NRL team. Yeah. <laughs> more people see that than they do. Maybe watch what you could do is have a game where the, ref, the referees come in and they're playing against the coaches. Or have a, have, a, have a combination of referees and coaches for either side. The New South Wales-based one's on one side and the Queensland one's on the other. Could you imagine a game between the referees and coaches, right? Because the referees are actually fit people. Yeah. They train and stuff. And, but then they come up against the coaches who criticise them and the referees just blast them in tackles. How good yes. would that be to watch? Oh, <laughs> bring it on. And then the question would be, who would referee that game? That's a good point. Who would you get to referee again? It'd have to be not a coach or a referee. Yeah, I've got the perfect person. Cameron Smith? Phil Rothfield. Oh, Phil Rothfield. Yeah, that'd be good. Because he criticised think... them all the time, so now he gets to see what, what their job's like. I don't think he'd last for too long, though. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like endurance, his, his cardio wouldn't be great, issue. you know? Yeah. Endurance would be an issue. Yeah. Maybe they can give him a little golf cart. <laughs> John Daly style. Imagine yeah. that refereeing with the golf cart. That's brilliant. That's a brilliant idea. I'm in. <laughs> this is going to a new level. I love it. Um, Joel Bradica asks, "Can you please change the seven tackle set rule to the ball uh, to if the ball is kicked dead inside the twenty meters, it's not seven tackles." Yeah. Now I know this is something that you're you're passionately you'd passionately agree with as well. The seven tackle rule. Yeah, I hate it. it. I hate it. I I kind of like Joel's idea that if you do it while you're within the at within the twenty, because you're obviously on the goal line, you're attacking the goal line, um, that it's not a seven tackle rule. But I would just scrap it all together. I hate the idea that you get all of a sudden you get seven tackles because magic. It's lo- it's a load of shit. It is because I think the the big thing about it, okay, is that you automatically get twenty meters. That's practically a first tackle on a, on a good set. Yeah. So that's a Talmalolo tackle. That's exactly. a Talmalolo run. You know, you get an automatic Talmalolo hit up. Mm. So I'd just say, you know what? I'd scrap it. You don't need that. Yeah, I understand I... the reason why they had it there, but I think I think they can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a legitimate tactic. If clubs don't like it, then they can get better. Yeah, I'd put it like that. exactly. Um, the Cumberland Throw uh, says, "How serious is the NRL in taking one Origin game a year to other parts of the world?" How significant is the NRL's obligation to grow rugby league worldwide? Okay, so I think the first the first answer is whenever, and you see it with clubs as well, whenever they say, you know what, we're looking at taking this overseas, forget it. They're not doing it. They're just, I've heard that shit 
for so long and they just don't do it. So I always just brush that aside these days. It's kind of like when you hear, you know what? Rugby league's doing really well in South Africa. Forget it. It's not. They don't play it over there. Uh, the second question, what what obligations does the NRL have towards international footy? I would say that they've got a big obligation for it. Um, and I think that the way that they they make sure things turn out for international rugby league is support the playing of test matches, international games, and making sure that players are released by clubs. Um, I think that that's their obligation. You would like them to do more, but the thing that people forget is the ARL has an obligation to Rugby League in Australia, and they're still working hard to make sure Rugby League in Australia grows. Well, they've got some work to do there still. Yeah, and and that's the the thing. They do have work to do, and they can't just focus on everyone else. And I think that sometimes other nations forget that Australia works really hard to push the game in Australia, and I think some of these other organisations should do better, especially the NZRL. I mean, they're terrible when you think about it. Yeah, I don't know what they what they can do. There's a lot of work that needs to be done to help International Rugby League. Um, and as we're getting at the moment, Australia, New Zealand, England are just sort of drifting further and further away from everybody else. So and I think that, that needs to stop. I think that some of the smaller nations are actually doing pretty well, and they're they working are, hard. They are, but imagine how much better they'd be if there was if it was set up so that. Um, Australia, New Zealand, England were helping all of the smaller nations get better and had been doing it for a lot longer. Look, at the moment, teams like Tonga and Samoa, for example, mm-hmm. are relying on NRL players who have been playing for New Zealand and Australia mm-hmm. to turn their back on them and come join them. Um, it's starting to work, which is great yeah. to see. Yeah. But it's it shouldn't have to be that hard. Hmm. You know, and imagine how good they could have been if they were if they were able to have their their eligible players playing for them back in say nineteen ninety five. How much better they'd all be now? That's very true. I I think that having the rugby football league based in London is absolutely ridiculous. And I think I I wrote an article about probably eight years ago now where I said that the International Rugby League Federation, or whatever they call it, uh, it should be based in Brisbane, and it should be run as a pure administrative organisation, and that organisation should be allowed to go out and approach sponsors on behalf of nations, uh, set up the calendar for the for for all teams, not just Australia, New Zealand, and, and England, and really get it running as something real, have it as a real organisation. I think right now it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And I don't think they do much for rugby league across the world, quite honestly. I think that they do a lot for rugby league in England and everyone else sort of has to do their best with what's left over. Um, I think the NRL does a pretty good job. I mean, they there, there are changes that we have made to our calendar to make sure that we've got... Pacific Island nations playing test matches during the season. We don't have to do that, but we do do it. And it's great. I mean, it's not like it, it takes anything away from the season. I think it adds a hell of a lot to the season. But I think more should be done for other nations. And when you look at things like, I mean, England that just refuses to play France these days 
during the season. Uh, they refuse to play Wales or Scotland or Ireland. I think things like that are really detrimental to the game. Yeah, I mean, they used to have the um, European Cup. I can't remember. It's had a whole heap of different names over the years. Mm. That mm. used to be between um, England, Wales, France. Mm-hmm. It used to go on every year for such a long time. And now it's now England's not involved in it anymore. It's, it's um, France, Wales, Scotland. I think Ireland sometimes are in there. Um, it moves around a bit with clubs, but it kind of defeats the purpose to have a European shield and not have England in it. Maybe maybe that's part of their first step out of, into Brexit. I don't know. Possibly. But can you, <laughs> imagine, can you imagine, right, if the Australian Rugby League did the exact same amount that the Rugby Football League does with England? So, first of all, they tour once every 15 years. Other than that, if you're not coming to Australia to play Australia... We're not we're not touring. That's the first thing. The second thing is we just demand that every second rugby league world cup is played in our nation because you know that's the second thing. And then we just don't want to play New Zealand anymore. So we're not going to play New Zealand anymore, even though they're only a two hour flight away. We're just not going to do it. Like it would be a disgrace. People would rightfully say that Australia does nothing for the international game, but that's exactly what England does. And then they point their finger at everyone else and say everyone else should be doing more. Well, it's easy to point your finger at the bloke who's got the fat wallet, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. <laughs> um, move on. Tumbleweeds here says, why does the NRL Premiership, which is the overall product, take a backseat to origin? Uh, money. Money, yeah, money. $100 million they were saying in the newspaper the other day. That's... Yep. That's why. Oh, and interest, and people won't see it. Yep, even casual casual fans will not watch that many NRL games, but they'll tune in and watch Origin every year. Yeah, it rates in. It <clears> rates <throat> all around Australia. Yep, you don't you don't uh, knock back a cash cow, mate. No, Simple you don't that. kill a cash cow ever. Um, Ron, this is a good one, mate. Since Paul Kent wouldn't answer me, I'd like to hear you have a go. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck? A duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Duck size. I would want a hundred duck-sized horses. There's more legs there, though. Yeah, but I would... That's 400 legs. Okay, but here's the thing, right? Because a a duck is a pretty, like, I think a duck, a horse-sized duck, right? I think it just eats you straight away. I don't even think it... It questions they, eating you. Nah, they don't even they don't eat, they don't eat meat. They they do. What do you think they live on? They don't. They're not vegetarians. They, they, they live on old ladies sitting at Lake's Head and throwing in loaves of wet bread. Yeah, but like most ducks, like they're the they're the domesticated ducks. Like <laughs> a duck. I, a, have you ever seen birds will eat basically anything they can fit in their mouth? Yeah. You know, and you give me a hundred duck-sized horses. Those first 15 horses that I boot into the stratosphere, that's going to put a lot of fear into the rest of those duck-sized horses. And I'm going to, I'm going to be stomping them. Yeah, 100 duck... I, I, I'd fuck up 100 duck-sized horses. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what about all... you? What about you? I don't know. I see... I, I think... I'm thinking long-term here. Because I go, if I can get... If I can knock off that horse-sized duck... That is going to make for one epic sized dinner. But how do you how do you approach it? 
Um, I've got a cat. Man, I reckon the cat would have a go, but I don't think it's going to do much to the horse-sized oh, duck. My cat's a Bengal. They're, they're, they're nuts. They'll take a Oh, yeah. yeah. Mine, mine tried to bail up a bloke who was trying to sell me solar-powered panels one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different sort of animal. You've yeah, got they, like a half panther living in your house. Yeah, yeah, the thing's what nuts. What made you get that? What made you... Because what made this family that you've got here decide, let's get something that's semi-wild and if we were small enough would actually kill us and eat us what made you make that decision well we don't have much of a backyard and mm-hmm. it makes that which automatically makes it very hard to have a dog mm-hmm. so we needed to have something that was dog-like but clean <laughs> but cleaned itself and was happy enough to just run around inside the house so it was the bengal cat wow um unbelievable the thing I is, think... psycho. Used to do this thing where I was running around the hallway. It would run down mm-hmm. to the front of the house, mm-hmm. and then jump up and bounce off the door and run back. Like they'd use yeah. the door and jump up onto it, like jump halfway up on it, yeah. and push off it and run back up the other end of the house and do it at the other end of the wall, just backwards and forwards like a ping pong ball. Wow, <laughs> it's crazy. We go. Does the cat want to go outside? You open the door for it to go outside. Just looks out there, going, "I ain't going out there." <laughs> crazy. <laughs> the thing is, though. Like, does it go outside at all, though? Yeah, occasionally. You just know that cat, when it gets out, it is killing everything. It's Pretty killing. much, yeah. We've got, uh, we've got, we've got these uh, six-foot-high fence around the house, mm-hmm. and it stood there one day looking at the fence, and it looked mm-hmm. up, and you could see in its brain it was going, I could jump that. Mm-hmm. And so it did. Mm-hmm. Just standing still looked at it, jumped over. The problem was, on the other side, the person, our neighbor's fence... It's still the same height, obviously, but they've they've dug down about another foot. <laughs> so the ground on their side is a little bit, quite a bit lower. Mm-hmm. So when the cat got over there, looked up and went, "No, oh, that's too that's too fucking high. I can't do that." So yeah. something, wow, oh, <laughs> that's annoying. Went, oh, you <laughs> dumb bastard! Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, cats. So yeah, all right. Um, one of your best is. A lot of talk about halftime and pre-match performances. Is there any chance one day you could get the Robertson brothers to do some G-Up songs instead? Give everyone a laugh at halftime. I reckon if you're losing, you have something to smile about. Um, I'd like to feed this person through a shredder. I don't care about that. Uh, have you? Do you know who the Robertson brothers are? Never heard of them. Okay, it's they basically Ray Hadley... Whenever he wants to take the piss out of someone who's usually a Labor politician, he gets these people to make these stupid songs that are not funny, and he plays them, and then they play the goofy tune after it, like people are supposed to laugh. And the only people that would even smirk at it are people that are 80 years old, and they're dying, and all they do is listen to their radios all day. I do not like this question. I do not like the person that asked it. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the person who asked it, by the way. I just, you know, I've automatically written them off for the rest of time just by that question. That's how Twitter works. Here's one. I'll, I'll take a guess. Mm-hmm. This might be a Raiders fan. Okay. Why do the Canberra Raiders get such rubbish from officials? Telling Hodjo he couldn't talk to a ref, white and chucked before the judiciary where Ennis got off stock scot-free. Young being told five to seven weeks with others getting fines. Why? Um, 
because the NRL hates Canberra. Yeah, it's pretty clear. That, that's um, the answer you want. Yeah. The NRL hates them, is doing everything they can to make sure they don't succeed. I mean, can you imagine bringing up something? Ennis hasn't played for how many years now? 19. <laughs> yeah, know. like, what the hell? Still holding a grudge over something Ennis was not suspended for. Wow. Yeah. Um, here's one. Phil Stephan says, although it's been a big part of its history, I'd love to see Origin and other rep teams drop alcohol advertising and promotion. Is this an option moving forward? Not if they're paying the money. Money, money, money. Um, have you ever thought about bringing some regular season NRL games to America? I'm a huge American fan, and I'd love to see games played over here. Mate, they talk about it every year. Every fucking year. They, they thought about it. You should have said, yeah, we've thought about it. Did you <laughs> did you go to the 1987 Exhibition Origin game? Mm. That's pretty much it. Look, I think that it would be pretty successful if they did it. Yeah, but they, so just, they, they just talk fine. about it. Yeah, they just talk about it, though. They should it's definitely like... take an NRL... They should take NRL games all over the world whenever they can. Yep, I agree. It makes complete sense, but, you know, someone probably, play... someone probably complained how to win. Oh, it's going to cost too much. Okay, I won't do it. Yeah, and the other thing is, too, like, don't play them in 80,000-seat stadiums. Pick a, <laughs> pick a stadium that makes sense. Play it in a 20,000-seat stadium. There's plenty of Major League Soccer stadiums that would be perfect to play rugby league at. But you just know that they... It's really easy to talk people in rugby league into dumb shit. And so they'd be like, yeah, let's play it at Mile High Stadium. That's a good idea. I'd be playing them in different states to where they've tried to push the game in the past. I'd I'd be having a game in Texas. That'd be interesting. Um, Go to to new areas. Have one in in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, I think the places they've gone to in the past haven't really been that open to rugby league. They need to lead to look at new 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 de- new demographics over there. Go to different yeah. areas, mix it yeah, up. I agree. Um, is the mid-season trade something that could be introduced to make it easier for our out-of-favor players and players wanting a move to find a new club? I wish that was something that could happen. In reality, oh, it already happens. Yeah. Like, why would you bring that up when it already happens? The problem you get with this trying to have a transfer window and, and things like this is the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to hear the Players Association come up and say, restraint of trade, which kind of is. Because you're restricting players from talking to other clubs and stuff until a certain time of the year. Um, we've probably got the most, one one of the freest trade um situations, I guess, when it comes to players and what they can do. They can talk with any club they want, any time they want, about their future at any time they want their future. They can sign a contract for someone in three years' time if they want. Yeah, but this person's talking about, like, what about if a player wants to go to a different club mid-season and stuff? It's like, okay, James Roberts, you know, with Tini Zalesniak, and buyers could be on the way. It happens. That's right. What the fuck do you want? You know? There's... It, I don't get is, it. This is the problem, okay? We, we discussed this with the Dennis Tuddy in, um, episode where you can't go and make a player's contract ironclad because it's a restraint mm. of trade. So yep. there needs to be get-out clauses in them. Mm-hmm. You then get people saying, oh, what's the point of contracts? Because people can just break them all the time. Going, that's part of the point. Yeah. You want people to be, you want the players to be playing somewhere where they're happy to be because then they're playing at their best, which is best for rugby league. 
I think if you've got someone who's locked in where they are and they get yeah. the shits, they're either just going to stop playing or they're going to play like crap just to get out of their contracts. I think this is all driven by the media. I think what the media wants is for the NRL to use the words, this is the trade window. And then yeah. when the NRL says this is the trade window, then the media can say, oh, but fans hate it with the way that there's a trade window and players move from team to team. And so the NRL will go, oh, well, then we're going to scrap this. And they're going to say, oh, okay, and they just won't give it a name. It's just a media thing. Like, I, I, I do not understand it at all. It's I don't know what – I don't know how somebody can see this shit happening right now and then say, wouldn't it be good if players could leave clubs when they wanted to? It's like James Roberts did it this week. It happens. Yep. Move on. Exactly right. Um just curious if a certain origin centre is a chance of being stood down over a recent tape that's been leaked. Jeez, wouldn't you like to delete that tweet? Yeah. <laughs> that was not the trail. Um, does the NRL consider like a 18th man on the interchange if a player gets injured and rubbed out of a game? No. No. Next. Um, would we be able to see an increase of international matches during Origin rounds? The matches before Origin 2 are great, but there are still nations needing more quality matches to get to a higher level, even possibly a three-match series between some countries. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm fully agreeing with that, and that's something that they are doing this year, I believe, with the Pacific... What is that Pacific Cup thing they're bringing back? Yeah, at the end, at the end of the year it is. Um, I think they've got it... games on, though, around the origin period and then we Australia plays matches at the end of the year okay yeah yeah and that's something we we should have been doing a long time ago I said a long time ago that basically the southern hemisphere team should just break away and do their own thing um and and it seems like that we're finally going to get some sort of Pacific competition going and it's fantastic because let's face it all the best teams are down here. All the best players are down here. And we just don't need to be bothering with the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. That's fair enough. Now, look, I've got a, uh, I've got a surprise guest here to ask a oh. question. Oh, okay. Come over here. Yeah, put these on. Yeah. You've got you to gotta ask a question to Todd Greenberg. Ask a question? Yeah. He's not going to answer it. Just It's just going to be freaky, but... What, what question would you put to Todd Greenberg? What would you like to see change in the game? I have no idea. So many questions have already been asked already. Well, you sound Ask exactly anyway. like a rugby league administrator. You're an, You've got no idea. You're an absolute authority <laughs> on the matter. I've already been asked. No? <laughs> no. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, no, not, they've already been asked. They've already been asked? No. Isn't there something you want to talk about? Our something. special guest? What about allowing peptides or something? <laughs> Ricky just asked, what about allowing peptides to be made legal? <laughs> I knew he'd go the shark's way, wouldn't he? Yeah. He'd have to go the Cronulla shark's way. Yeah. Just saying, you know. He really what about... doesn't like the sharks, does he? Uh, I, think he I think he likes the baby that they, they give him something to talk about. Sharks are always in the media for all the wrong reasons. Maybe maybe the Todd Greenbeck should do a black ban on media out of the uh, out of the sharks. Time I, I log on, there's always some news about the sharks. There's a controversy or something going on. There you go, Todd. No <laughs> yeah. more controversy out of Cronulla, please. Yeah, yeah. No more wouldn't that be nice? 
There you go. He can focus on Canberra instead, given that someone else is upset about that before. Yeah, we're crushing the hopes and dreams of the Raiders. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, th- thanks for your input. No worries. Special guest. We should. She should. Uh, she should answer some of the questions that Ask Greenberg was asked. I reckon. <laughs> she's 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 a bit overwhelmed with her appearance. It's all right. Yeah, you can come in and say good day whenever you want. That was that was the better half. Excellent. Actually, I'd say she's the better three quarters. <laughs> um, is a new team in Perth a realistic chance in the next five to ten years? That fucking well should be. Yeah, it should be. It should just be like a, like they should announce it all. In, like leading into this state of origin game, if they're smart, they will do that. Yeah, but they I won't. Do that too. No. They won't. <laughs> um, Jimmy Stavrianos asked, "Are you exciting for Origin?" I think he is exciting for Origin. Yeah, I, I mean, I was exciting for Origin too. Yeah, so was I. You know, it was exciting for Origin. Our uh, pre-match show that was exciting. Oh, mate, that went. That was next level. Yeah, only it was. It was so good. Only dogs could hear it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing people don't realise. You can actually hear it, but you've got to be a canine. Yeah, that's why everyone's dogs were barking like crazy. They were actually laughing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lisa Pierce asked, are you attending the World Congress Conference for Science in Football this week in Melbourne? I'd say no. <laughs> yeah, I would guess no. Um, I always love those sort of conferences. It's like, what are, what are they doing? It's just an industry of meetings. Although one thing you probably should have gone to, I don't know if it's been on yet or not, but mm-hmm. Ben Darwin, um, guest, our former guest on the show, he's he's got a uh, a workshop thing going about leadership. I think that's in Melbourne either next this week or next week. Um, he should have gone to that because that, he would have learned a lot mm, about cohesion. Well, at least, yeah. Um, Let's see. Why is Sutton continually allowed to pick his brothers for state of origin? Why is this blatant nepotism allowed to continue? Yeah, that's a little wank. That's just... I don't understand why people whinge about that shit. I reckon there might have been someone in the media who said that that was something that was going on. And mm. people just gone, yeah, that must be true. Exactly, um, yeah. Let's be honest. There's no such thing as, as the leading referee in the NRL anymore. They're all practically the same. Yeah, except for Ashley Klein, who's rubbish. <laughs> Um, Todd, can you explain the reason why juniors playing under 16s are excluded from the play NRL rewards? I have no idea what they're talking about. What's a oh, play NRL reward? I have no idea. That'd be some sort of grassroots thing. Um, maybe it's just like a bag of cocaine. May well, I was going to say on a more serious note that maybe it's just for, for kids who are age 17 years and over. Possibly. Oh, yeah, I've got no idea. I've never heard of it. Um, ask Greenberg, can you give a shout-out to the starting block for me, brah? Who would ask such a thing? They sound like a genius. It's a brilliant question. Mm, I think he should have. He really should have. I know that I would have given a shout-out to the starting block if to- I was Todd Greenberg. I would have taken 10 minutes out of my day from stopping the Raiders from being successful to do it as well. <laughs> I'd... Um... I'm I'm disappointed that he actually had to be prompted to to ask to to do that. That yeah. should have been how he started. It's, the hashtag should have been stuff me 
listen to the starting block. Yeah. Ask Greenberg about the starting block. Yeah, that's what it should have been. Yeah, that's oh, that would have been better. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Remember that time Greeno's kid vomited all over the backseat of his car? What mm. were your thoughts on that? Yeah. Oh, God, fantastic. Um, with refereeing a bit more relaxed throughout Origin games, what will happen is, say, a Ponga is illegally fouled, sending him from the field, as in recent weeks. Is a five-minute sim bin on the radar? Will refs have the guts to penalise? Well, there's oh. a lot of questions in this one. Man. Okay. Well, first of all, I like the idea that it, it only applies to Ponga. That's the first thing. Okay. If it happens to anyone else, I don't care. But what if it happens to Ponga? The second thing is, you bring in five-minute sin bins, it immediately becomes a tactic. It immediately becomes a tactic that you do stuff to get sin bin for five minutes because that's only a couple of sets, you know, and people forget about that. The second thing that people forget is, you know why there's fewer penalties in origin? Maybe it's because you've got the elite players who can get back, who don't, you know, that people forget about that. Because ah. in in Origin, you've only got three opportunities. You know, there's only three games in the series. Mm-hmm. You've got to win two of them, at mm-hmm. least. You cannot give the other team any advantage whatsoever. And the game is played so fast that you don't want to be dishing away penalties because you will lose ground very quickly and then you're on the back foot for quite a while. Mm-hmm. You see it so often. But penalties don't get called much for that reason um, because they are that good and they know that they're, they're not helpful to their players to their cause in the game. Um, And it's like, will we see it more relaxed? Okay. Then you watch an origin match. You actually watch it. And it's such a crisp, clean match because the players are are some of the best in the world. And that's why there's fewer penalties. It's just crazy. I I, I think when the common sense goes out the window, you never come away from a start of origin game going, Man, the referee should have blown more penalties. Yeah, exactly. It, it just doesn't happen. See, this is this is a comment from someone who's heard Buzz Rothfield for the last 19 years complaining about penalties being called in Game 1 of State of Origin. Yeah. And he did it again this year. Yeah. Oh, the penalty count. Jesus Christ, change the record. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The penalties, the penalties have never been the reason why an Origin game has won or lost. Exactly. I hate ref bashing to on, on those levels. Yes, refs will have a bad game. Pick them up when they do it. But just bashing over the number of penalties called, fuck's sake. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, will you join us on Fergo Freak Pod if we put on a good morning tea? <laughs> I'm such a prick. How did, that, how did that not get answered? I know. I mean, he loves a good morning tea. He yeah. loves a morning tea and a photo op. He's That's been cool. better about it the last year, though, to be fair. That's right. Um, why didn't Maguire get a similar eye gouge grading? <clears throat> what? <laughs> I don't know. I love um, that. I love people who just be like, "Why didn't? Why wasn't this a penalty in in this game?" <laughs> it's like, did, can you be more specific, please? <laughs> yeah, like, how come Harry can call that silly penalty in the '89 Grand Final? Yeah. Yeah, uh, he probably was even he was even around. <laughs> um, <laughs> starting to see a theme here. There's one bloke asking a lot of questions. Can Mitchell Moses become the game's first two million dollar a season player? <laughs> That's another brilliant question. Who would ask such a thing? 
Parramatta? Yes. Um, uh, someone else asked about standalone origin. We've been there. Can I've got one. Just... I've got one from Macca. Macca. Uh, yeah, ju- just flips ninety six. He said, "When is the NRL going to do something about food prices?" You keep saying things will change, yet I went to Seabus Stadium yesterday and to buy a hot dog, Coke, and chips cost $20. Shall I have first crack at this? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Just so people know, the NRL has nothing to do with food vendors at sports grounds. They are all private, independent companies. They'll set their own prices. They can't do jack shit about it. I don't know what people want. Yeah. So so let's look through this. How much would you pay for a hot dog? I don't buy hot dogs, but how much would you pay for a hot dog? Like two bucks? I don't know. Four bucks, five bucks. I don't know. If you go to Costco, they're $1.99 with a soft drink. That's all I know. Okay. Ooh, okay. So, but Costco's a bit different. So let's, okay, yeah. let's say. Double hot dog. For, double for normal, maybe four bucks. Yeah, okay, four bucks, a Coke. Bottle, so just let's say a regular bottle of Coke. Um... I reckon three three bucks. Yeah, three bucks. So we're at seven. Yeah, a thing of chips, a a, a bot, like a you know a cup of chips. Yeah, two bucks. Two bucks. Yeah, it's nine. So nine bucks. So you know he's paying more than double than what you'd expect. Let's put on a, a premium for all of it. Let's say it should be about twelve bucks. Yep. You reckon? Yeah. So he yeah. is paying overs, but like. As you say, the NRL has nothing to do with it, and you kind of know going in. Like, who's surprised by the prices of food and football? Who are these people that are taking their family hungry to football games? <laughs> How about you fucking eat before the game? Yeah, that that's the key, is mm. whenever we go into the footy, I always stop off somewhere beforehand and just have a massive fucking burger somewhere or a chicken schnitty or a palmer or something like that at a pub. Yeah. Have a good feed and a drink. And go in there with a full gut, you're fine. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the other thing is I'll go in there and I'll bitch about the cost of beer as well. Going, yeah, beer's going to be expensive. If you run a business and you've got a whole heap of people that are trapped inside a building and they're thirsty and you're the only one with alcohol, you're not going to give that shit away for free. No. And like, doesn't you matter to... who you are, you will charge top dollar and then an extra dollar. Exactly. <laughs> and if you want to go to the footy, right, and you're thinking, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink a little bit. And I don't encourage this at all. But if you think I'm going to go to the footy, I'm going to drink a little bit, you know that you're going to pay extra. Like, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise when you get this fucking little plastic thing of of beer that's costing you an arm and a leg. Everyone knows it. Like, go into it knowing that if you fast all day and you go to the stadium, you're going to be paying through the nose for food. So just pick up Maccas on the way or something. You know what? Pick up a Porto. For 15 bucks, you can get a really good feed at a Porto, and I know I do it every second day. So that's what people should be doing. Stop complaining about food prices. Ugh. And stuff the NRL has nothing, can do nothing about. You know? yeah, next, yeah. next next you'll be asking if, we can, if the NRL can drop the GST rate to 8%. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you going to do something about petrol prices and car parking? Oh. They're not the government. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, can we move Origins to Saturday nights and make them more of a social event like the Bledisloe Cup? 
I like this idea because on a Saturday night, I could pull my Jaguar in, right? I could get out. I could uh, dust off my, you know, my tweed, and then I could go and and taste wine and cheese while the rugby is on in the background. It would be I'm fantastic. I'm wondering if people are complaining about the cost of food at games. Mm. How much would wine, grapes, and cheese cost at a football game? Mm. That's a good question. Like, would a would a would a cheeky bottle of say Penfold's Bin One Twenty Eight go from costing about eighteen bucks to costing about Fifty, yeah. Why do you have... get like a a basic little slab of of uh, Woolies Brank cheese? Will go from being about four dollars fifty to about thirty five dollars. Yeah, I'd love it to be a social event event like the rugby union. It would be wonderful. Uh... We could talk about how we're going to the polo the next day, and how on Monday we're going to go back and work in the bank. Be the most boring fucking people in the world. <laughs> um, when are you dropping the national anthem from pregame? Clearly, some players have such huge chips on their shoulders. Our society that they refuse to follow our traditions. <laughs> Why then? They still had to play. Yet yeah, Bible bashes like easy flower aren't welcome. Okay, first of all, first of all, the national anthem is not a tradition. It's I've been around longer than the, than the National Anthem has. Um, the Canberra Raiders have been around in the NRL longer than we've had Advanced Australia Fair as our National Anthem. I've got it a counter to it. traditional. I've got a, I've got a counter. Okay. Uh, is the Viking clap traditional? Well, I think in about 10 years' time it will be. Okay. Well, that's still... <laughs> that would have been 11 years' time that they've been doing it. So... I think that you could. I think you can say the the national anthem is traditional, okay. But <laughs> I will say this because we were doing our um our our mime show before the the state of origin game, so we didn't actually see the national anthems. But I saw a replay of them um later on. It was a couple of not a couple of days later. It was like twenty four hours later, and. The the thing that stood out were the players that were actually singing it. The players that weren't singing it didn't stand out at all to me. And so basically, I think this whole thing has been a, a, the media trying to make something out of nothing. Exactly. Like look, literally nothing. Look, people, white people, black people, doesn't matter who they are, have not sung the national anthem, you know, every single bloody day of the year, whenever it's on. And it is not a crime to not sing the national anthem. Mm. And it's also not mandatory to sing the bloody thing either. Mm. You can't tell me that every single person watching the footy of any code, when they hear the national anthem being played, they stand up in their living room and they start singing along at top. Of course they don't. They're out taking a piss somewhere or eating some, cooking up some dinner or eating some pizza or something. It's an, it's, it's an interval. Can I also point out, and this is something that's been on my mind for a long time. These ignorant babies that won't stand and sing the national anthem. These ignorant little people that just won't stand and sing it. How dare you? I know you're only six months old, but have some bloody pride in your nation. (laughs) Bastards. My my daughter doesn't even know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So... 
Why is why are people singing? I mean, this is for some reason our national anthem has become you know people are starting to get passionate about it, the same way Americans do about theirs. I that that's one thing that turns me off things is when people start getting that parochial about things. The, the one also, thing that was great about Australia for all these years was how relaxed it was about everything, including its yeah. own national pride. So yeah, we're we're yeah, Australia's bloody awesome, but uh, yeah, you know some of it's a bit fucked though. It's the, well, it's the, it's the Australian <laughs> thing. And there That's was right. a comedian that used to say it. I think it was Carl Barron. Yeah, and he was like, Australians will tell you what something isn't. So if they, you say to an Australian, what's Australia like? And they'll go, it's not bad. <laughs> like, That's right. Oh, you say something and they'll go, oh, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think – and I think – uh, look, I think it's people that are led by the media, and the media takes some of their cues from what they see successful in other countries. And in, in the US, this sort of thing would be, a, you know, a, people would go crazy about it. Over here, you know, it well, would be thing. it would this be is... disgusting if people were told you have to. When you're told you have to say something, don't like go fuck yourself. Yeah. If you look, don't want to sing the national anthem, don't sing it. That's fine. That's exactly right. See, over in America, because they're so passionate about their national anthem, when you get people like, was it Ka- Kaepernick or whatever it was, who took a knee yeah. or whatever it was or refused to sing, you know, that had a massive impact because people are so passionate about their national anthem. Australians just aren't. Mm-hmm. So when, when Aboriginal players say, we're not going to sing the national anthem because it doesn't reflect us, A, they're right, and B, they're allowed to, and C... Generally, most of the population doesn't care because most of them aren't that passionate about the national anthem anyway. Mm. So well, Australians are easygoing, is what it comes down to. And exactly. it's like if you don't want to do it, that's cool, man. Don't don't. That's fine. Yeah, that's what I, it comes down to at the end of the day. I I choose to sing it at, at particular times, like so Anzac, I, like Anzac Day and stuff like that. I'll always yeah. sing the national anthem because that's that's paying respect to people who you know, died for the country. See, I sing it with pride whenever it's whenever I'm in a situation where they say stand for the national anthem. Exactly, I'll stand and I'll sing it. Um, at football games, I'll sing it if I'm in my seat and they it's time to sing the national anthem. Um, you know, I'll, I'll sing it. I, I've got no problems with the national anthem at all. I, I love it. I I sing it because I feel it's the right thing to do, but I yeah. don't care people don't yeah. yeah and that's fine um, yeah <laughs> i'm just not that passionate about it yeah i'm, I'm one of those more laid back blokes i just don't give a shit about half the stuff that goes on yeah um <laughs> dapo asked grand final at suncorp every possibility mm, probably not no no if it was going to happen it would have happened when the uh anz stadium was being torn down and they made sure it, well the new south wales government i think was pressured into making sure that didn't happen and um, you know, that's it, really. Pretty much. Uh, the Ronster. Hey, Green Turd, why in the world would you think I want your opinion on anything, yet you just asked him a question? Yeah. Genius. Imagine if, he, if what he should have done is answered him because he obviously wanted his opinion yeah. on that. And by the way, his name is not Green Turd, FYI. Yeah, yeah it's Greenberg, learn to spell. Yeah. Um. Will next year's State of Origin game in Adelaide be a standalone game on a weekend like the Perth game is this year? I I think it might be. 
Surely it's been scheduled already. I, I have a, I thought I read somewhere it was going to be the same structure as this year. It would be game yeah. two on a Sunday. That makes sense. Yeah. How big is that stadium in Adelaide that they're playing at anyway? Is that the Adelaide Oval? It's got to be. The, the rebuilt one. Let me look it up yeah. uh, so that you're not messing up the thing. Adelaide Oval. We'll see what the capacity is of it. Because I feel like it's it's got to be... 53,500. Yeah, it's small. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad for Adelaide. I guess you've got to look at the market, but that's uh, that's got to be... You know what? Given given the volume of churches in Adelaide, Mm -hmm. that would be the perfect time to say that Israel Folau has been accepted back into the NRL. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, I I know someone that lives in Adelaide, and I, I... yeah, and I told them once uh, everything I know about Adelaide, and so here's what it was. Number one, there are churches there. Number two, Adelaide Oval is there. Number three, if you swim in the water in South Australia, a great white shark probably will eat you. And that's all I had. I was going to say, <laughs> you knew someone in in, South, in Adelaide. I was going to say, are they a victim yet or are they the uh, attacker? <laughs> <laughs> it's the serial, serial killer capital of Australia. Um, yeah, they're, I, I would uh, I would say they're the attacker. <laughs> Given they're alive, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I, know, I know them off of, X, uh, off of Xbox. So, yeah, they've they definitely <laughs> been an attacker. <laughs> Sorry, Adelaide, just sort of take a chance for a, a cheap hot shot joke there. Um, Paul McDougall said, is there room for a second division competition with relegation and promotion as a way to grow the game beyond a 2014 competition? First of all, relegation and promotion doesn't grow anything. No. Just, it kills just things. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that a second division competition is what we need. I think what we need is to have... One thing that we had that was worked brilliantly up until the 90s, and that was reserve grade and third grade. Bring it back. Every NRL club has to have a a reserve grade team and a third grade team, and they all have to play in the same competition. That way, when you go to a football game, you get to see three games of football. You're actually getting value for money for your ticket. And when you eat that pie that costs $17, you can have it for about the second game. And that way you just fast through the first one and it should be enough to tie you over for the third one. Then you go, 17 bucks and I was there for three games. Probably doesn't work out too bad in the end. See, I I have a different point of view, okay? Because when I go to a, a rugby league match, an NRL match, if I'm not going in my capacity as a commentator, <laughs> um, I am not there to watch reserve grade. I am there to watch the first grade game. I turn up probably... I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour before first grade kickoff. Uh, I, I, I'm not really all that interested in the lower grade, grades of the game. Like, that. And that's not to say that there's anything bad about them. That's just my point of view. Um, and so I don't mind what's on beforehand. Like if they were, if it was just, you know, the juniors playing, I wouldn't mind. If it was a women's game, I wouldn't mind. But I'm not really there to watch those things. I'm there to watch first grade. Uh, so, and I kind of like the idea that the reserve grade teams of NRL clubs these days are other clubs, uh, a lower grade clubs. So like if you have a club like, uh, Mounties, I like that that is, I think that that's the one for the Canberra Raiders these days. I yeah. like that Blacktown Workers is now 
the Manly Seagulls lower grade club. I like seeing those lower grade clubs featured in that way. Yeah, you, you keep keep them as they are. I'm just saying play them in a similar comp on the same mm. day. So you use you, you it cuts down on costs essentially because you just pay the rental for one venue for the same day. That doesn't change instead of paying it for three different venues or whatever it is. Mm. And that way you you're helping to promote the lower grade games as well, and it, that's an instant. Um, promotion for grassroots footy and get it all up onto the same stage and get people watching it all again. Yeah, yeah. That's just my idea anyway. Okay. Um, right, another serious one here. Will we ever have a first-grade team based in Manly? <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm terrible. That's another one from me. Why do my ones stand out as just being the, a question from an absolute prick? Hmm. <laughs> Why would that be? Hmm. Um, there's another one here, the next one. If the Sharks go broke, will you move them to Perth? If yes, why do you hate Perth so much? <laughs> we should ask our special guest. You should ask that of our special guest if you can, you know, try and get her in, in again. That, that'd be a good one. <laughs> um, Hugh Rimmington. Ooh. What do you think can be done about the way that teams that give up their best stars for origin duty are frequently beaten by lesser teams that haven't been weakened in the same way? Asking for my heartbroken Bunnies fan's son. As we've discussed, I think mm. we, we do need to do something to um, ensure the sanctity of the comp. And yeah. I'd have Origin standalone weekends and no NRL being played. Yeah. And I think if the NRL wasn't um, being dictated to a little bit, dictated is probably the wrong word, by them. Yeah, it's by hard the TV to be dictated companies. to when you're getting $100 million, <laughs> eh? Yeah. It's like, yeah, but dictate the- to me, please. When when the well that's the thing is when the TV networks are giving them so much bloody money they're gonna obviously have some say over how the draw is going to function. And I think the NRL would like to be able to say you know let's put the competition on hold for three weeks or five weeks or whatever and just have rep footy for a month and a half. They'd be open to doing that, but the networks are going to say uh uh-uh, uh that ain't going to work for us. We've paid you shit tons of money. We expect when so it comes such such such. okay here's I'll simplify it. When someone's willing to pay you $100 million, you better swallow. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben Pobji. Uh, he's asked, can you abolish Golden Point? It's genuinely awful. It's not It's not awful. No. I know I know you, you like it, Freaky. I, I prefer extra time, mm-hmm. but we're both in agreement that... Um, Something better than a draw definitely has to take place. Mm-hmm. So I, would, I wouldn't say it's awful. He might be a Tigers fan given their woeful record in Golden Point. It's funny when you hear things like that from like that is based on something that really just happened, like yeah. immediately just like you know what I don't like Golden Point and I haven't liked it since the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, a Dragons fan asks why Jack DeBellin not play NRL. Um, I think he's told everyone the reasons, the answer to that. Yes, and you I can think, find that. Yeah, that's like, why did he need to ask that question? When yeah, he but, stood in court and answered it for a week. Yes. <laughs> yes. So just as a bit of a catch up, the NRL introduced a stand down, no fault or no, you know, not guilty policy, where if you get convicted of some, or get charged, sorry, you get charged of some sort of crime, um, General says you have to go and you can't play the game anymore until you get that matter sorted out. 
then you can come back and play. Whether we whether you agree with that policy or not, that's another discussion. Um, but that that's the reason why he's not playing. He's got a charge. He's got a face. That's why he's not playing. He hasn't had the the hearing on it yet. Um, so yeah, there's your and answer. That's why. Yeah. Um, Steel Sports, Albie Tallarico, absolute legend of a human. Hello, Albie. When will the rivers of gold flow direct through to grassroots rugby league clubs? Mate, that's too big a question for us to answer right yeah. now. <laughs> um, that's a, I'll say it right now, that's a fucking good question. I would like to know how much the NRL spends on junior rugby league. And I'd, it's, I think the hard thing would be, like, what do you describe junior rugby league as? And... When do you, at what point do you feel as though the funding has been applied directly to the game rather than because you can funnel it through administrations and stuff and you know we need this we need that blah 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 and but at what point do you say well I can see the direct funding is it when you see you know maybe uh, goalpost padding at junior games or like it, it's. It's a bit of an open-ended question. It's a good question, but I don't think it's something that Todd Greenberg could could have answered in a, I don't know, how long were these videos he was doing? Like a minute, two minutes maybe? 30 seconds. Yeah. He's in, bet- in between a, a $17 pie and a $35 scroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a busy man. Um, Tumbleweeds didn't actually have a question, but he said, um, you tagged the wrong Todd Greenberg in your post. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Well done, everyone. Um, <laughs> would people show up to games if we put an NRL club on the Gold Coast or even playing out of the SFS? Oh, my God. I'm such a prick. I'm sorry. Sorry for asking these stupid questions to Todd Greenberg. He didn't answer one of my questions, by the way. Not no. one. I was like, do you know who I am? Um, Paul McDougall asked another one. i got one more question. Do you see the NRL being similar to the English FA Cup? No, I don't. It's like it's nope. almost a different country, a different sport, a different competition, a different competition format. Apart from that, though, it's pretty similar. Yes. Um, then the NRL said, thanks for all the great questions. That was pretty much sounding it off. And then yeah. there's a whole heap of tweets after that. Yeah, let's go through um, some of them. Yeah. How, how much do you pay to keep the dome chromed? <laughs> Depends if he does it at a game or whether he does it in his private time. If he does it at a game. (laughs) That reminds me, I asked another question of him. Yeah. May I ask as why the players do not attend the post-match press conferences anymore? I've seen a few players go to those. Yeah, they do. What are they talking about? How much does Politus pay you to be his mouth puppet? Probably just enough to chrome the dome. Yeah, yeah. That's how he pays for it. Um... What is your main priority for the rest of the year in regards to the officials and how you will run judicial hearings? Um, that, I don't think that's his job, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> um, when you're done submitting your Ask Greenberg questions, tune into our latest episode of Fergo Freak Pod. Oh, that was me. Oh, okay. There you that go. Was, that was me doing some, some marketing. Promotion. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, have you considered shaving your eyebrows as well as a tribute to the great Dave Brown? That was another one from me. I think that would be cool, though. Can you imagine him going out there like grand final day and when he's handing the trophy over, he's shaved his eyebrows and he's wearing like one of those old 
I mean, yeah, the head gear. Yeah, yeah, that would be just such a nice tribute. And I think should, that they should wear it, it everywhere. Yeah, that's a that's a thought. Just so people know that he's always he's always the NRL CEO. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, with more players sitting out a week due to HIA, has the time come for a week off between preliminary final and grand final, like the Super Bowl? No, no. no. Um, the competition, any chance of having three points for an 80-minute win, zero for an 80-minute loss, two for golden point win? No, because I've done the math, and that found to be making absolutely zero difference to the latter. Yeah, and just also, so stupid. Like, that, you're going to have games that are worth more than others and less yeah. than others. It's like, Essentially, what happens is that system is identical to not having extra time whatsoever, and you just have one point for a draw again. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um. Why does the NRL ladder not have a column to indicate the defensive percentage of each team as the variable is often used to separate teams tied on points differential? Right, well, I will say this is a stats thing, okay? Yeah, this is your stats question. This is your realm. They do have a protocol in there, and I I made a tweet about this last year where it actually almost got quite farcical in one game. Okay, if two teams are tied on the same points and have the same points differential on the ladder. Mm-hmm. The team with the best defense is ranked higher. Mm-hmm. Now, last year, I think Penrith and Brisbane were tied at the end of the year with the same points differential. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Panthers fans were upset because they thought that they deserved to be the higher-ranked team because they had the better attack. Yeah. And I said to them all, no, they're the lower-ranked team because Brisbane had the better defense. Yeah. They didn't like it. Um but them's the facts. Now, there was a game also last year where I think it might have been the Roosters playing against some other team. And if the Roosters had a scored a re, a, an actual achievable score, it might have been 40 points, but scored a set number of tries, goals, and field goals in that game to get there, mm-hmm. then they would have been tied with the Melbourne Storm, I think it was, at the top of the ladder for points scored, tries scored, goals scored, field goals scored, same for, same for defense. They, they would have then got to the point where every single metric they had in place to separate two teams had been completely useless, and it came down to determining who the minor premier would be would come down to a toss of the coin, which is actually in the rule book. I, yeah, and you know what? I was hoping you would say that because I kind of love that. I kind of love it. Imagine that. Lo- yeah. they come, they come down and say, right, we need to toss the coin to determine who's going to be the minor premier. Yeah. And you could you could probably you could make a little TV event out of that. Absolutely, the coin toss. Yeah, and then you like you could you could have somebody come in that's uh, the celebrity tosser. <laughs> 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 Let's go past that, and then um, <laughs> no, go past it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't say it. Oh, thinking some terrible things, but you know, um, and so. It would be it would be so cool that it comes down to a, a coin toss. I would love that, and I don't think they should change it. You could have someone come down and say, "Right, we're going to test the um, the amount of bounce resistance in the in the mat and see if that's going to have any impact on the coin." Mm-hmm. The weight of the have, coin. You yeah, have a, you could have the Australian Mint like measure it and make sure that it's they, not weighted they either an, way. They could make an official coin for the yeah. ceremony that's been perfectly weighted. Well, I, t- I tell you this: if they just say they made a coin for that coin toss, and it was 
the first time that a minor premiership had been decided by a coin toss and then they they allowed that coin to be bought at the post office, I'd have bought one. Hell yeah. I mean, that would have been the coolest coin in rugby league history that I could think of. Yeah. Um, When are you and Pete going to step down and give the chair to Gus Gould? Please, no. No. Um, More an idea. A 15-round NRL season. Everyone plays each other once. Standalone All-Stars rep comp in June, July. New South Wales, Queensland, New Zealand, Great Britain, Pacific Islands, and mid-season knockout comp. All NRL teams plus standalone Canterbury Cup. Interest Super Cup teams. Thoughts? That sounds horrible. Yeah, that's a little bit messy. I like the idea of having less NRL games. I think that the ideal number is about 22 for club games. Um, And then you have the rep season in the middle of it. You're starting the season a little bit later, which would allow you to have a nines competition and there's less footy that's been played, so that's better for players. But, yeah, that that one seems a little bit messy to me. Yeah, someone said here, can you organise microphones for the media post-match press conferences? I don't know if I want to hear the media talking there. No, and the less we hear from the media, the better, in my opinion. And how often do you watch a post-match press conference and get a single thing out of it? Yeah, very little. Very, very rare. Yeah. Only, only when the Raiders are on a losing run and they've just lost another tight game and Ricky Stewart's got the shits. That's always great yeah, to watch. Pretty much, yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, when are you going to expand the women's comp to include the Sharks and Souths, the two teams that work so hard to get the women's comp happening? I agree. Well, I don't know why the women's co- I mean, if you're going to set up a women's comp, do it properly. And I don't think they've done it properly yet. Well, I don't mind that they've done it in small... You know, with small steps, because they want to make sure that every team's strong to get going. But mm-hmm. Cronulla and South were strong at the outset, and they were prominent in helping get the game up and running. And yet they didn't have a team in the inaugural competition. It was mystifying to me. So they should definitely be in there. They've got the numbers already. Um, what are the NRL doing to end discrimination of rugby league in elite private schools, since it's still the only major footy code in Australia not allowed in those schools? I don't... Well, First, I yeah. mean, it's really damaging rugby league, isn't it? Not having those private schools. I mean, are there any of the kids in those private schools that want to play rugby league that we're not getting? Like, we're getting we're getting everyone we want. I don't think it's a problem if they don't want to play yeah. rugby league and have it on their curriculum. That's their loss. Okay, first of all, they're private, which means they're privately owned, and mm. so therefore, it's not discrimination because they're privately owned. They can do whatever the hell they want. If they choose they don't want to have rugby league there, that's their decision, fine by them. If it's public you're talking about, then that's a different matter. But you're yeah. not. You're talking about private. You yeah. know, you can't go and say, you know, your light, your bloke who fits your light bulbs is discriminating against against Clipsal because he won't use their light bulbs. He can buy whatever light bulb he wants. Yeah. And yeah. I really, I think maybe once upon a time it, it was a little bit of an issue, but these days it's, you it's know, if... Yeah, if you if you've been, you know, picked up by a private school to play rugby union um, for them, you and you're a league person, you're still playing league on the weekend. I don't think it's a problem. No, um, NRL brown bag says, "Why are you still running the NRL? You clearly have NFI." Um, oh wow, that's really insightful. Yeah. Um. Hey, mate, you might say maybe, yes or no, you should do a draft night and have teams trade during the regular season. That would be awesome for the whole organisation and probably draw in 
meaner fans around the world. Um, no. No, terrible idea. Really, really terrible. We did a whole episode on why drafts are terrible, especially in rugby league. And the, once again, the transfer window thing, you know. Um, so, no, no on every single account. Yeah, nothing nothing good will come of a draft. It's been tried before and failed, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, why do you favour certain players and clubs over others? Isn't the CEO meant to be impartial? Come on. Because please. he's biased. That's why. He's biased. he's biased as long as Canberra don't win. And, they, I so, mean, so, they... So, so, so far, I was just going to say before, just cutting you off there, we've yeah. had a Canberra player going on about how they're biased. This is actually a Dragons fan complaining about them being biased. Yeah. I like the idea. I love it when people say, "Oh, they always want South Sydney and the Roosters to play in a grand final." It's like, when when did that last happen? Please point to when that last happened. Yeah. Were you alive? <laughs> um, SC Future Immortal says, "Welcome to the role. When do you start?" That's, <laughs> that's a pretty good one, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's a clever one. I like that one. The great one says, "When will the Roosters have a salary cap?" That's also a good one. Um, Wayne Emery, when are you going to stop politicising the NRL? Failing that, when are you going to resign? I hear Union may be on the lookout shortly. I, I tell you what, I don't like it when sporting organisations try and give me advice. I hate it. It's like I don't need advice from a sporting organisation. Kick the damn ball off. I'm here to watch the sport. I don't need all of your your causes and I, I'm, I'm the same way with commercials you know when you sit down with for to watch a, a game of footy and it, this isn't an nrl thing but you sit down to watch a game of footy and you watch it, the commercials and they're telling you to get your prostate checked and stuff like that it's like please just let me watch the football i don't yeah. like advice just stick your advice you know <laughs> that's not a napper reference prostate. Is it? What? So that's not a Napa reference, is it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't before. Okay. Might be now. Um, been gone for a while. I was trying to find a few others. Um, is there a role you would like to see Gus Rule take up in the NRL? I'd say no. Oh, I can't think of one. Commentator. Um, someone's asked him how things work. I mean, look it up. Um, how, actually, how are things? How are things with you, Andrew? With me? Yeah. Um, functioning? Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a random question. Everything's yeah. fine? <laughs> That's good. There you go. Everything's going all right. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of questions that are being repeated. There's another one here. Could we have the Amco Cup knockout comp return? Well, I guess we could. Yeah. I can't see it happening. No. Not in a million years. Um. When will refs be more competent at their job? Well, as you might have heard yesterday, the players seem to think they're doing a lot better this year, so yeah. they're already doing it. I think it would have been nice if you could have given a date, though. Like if you gave an actual date for when they were going to be more confident, competent at their job. Yeah. Um, more on the seven tackles thing I want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, it's getting very repeated here. I'm almost at the top of the list. Oh, there you go. Any chance the game will go back to one referee? Having two refs on the field is not working, except that it kind it, of is. It kind of is, and it works every single game that it happens in. 
<laughs> that's another one of those media ones where you get the media idiots that called for two referees for forever, and then when two referees were brought in, they're like, oh, it was better with one referee. <laughs> yeah, uh, I fully agree. There's two referees are so much better. Mm. Um, when are you going to bring back proper scrums? I would say never. Never, ever, ever. And for good reason. They sucked. Yes. Um, messy. No one's, no one's turning up to watch a scrum. I'd, no even be, I'd even be advocating that we get rid of them altogether. So if there's a knock-on on the field, yeah. because scrums are now not a contest, that also means they're completely useless. So when there's a knock-on, just hand over. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Although I like, I like that they're still there and that they set scrum and get rid of them and it's done. Like, I've got no problems with them. But... Well, how's that instead of a scrum? We have one of the ball kids come out and they bring out like a little kid's table with some teacups on it and all the forwards have to sit down and have a tea party <laughs> for two tackles. That would be actually really cool. <laughs> what if they had, what if the, for- what if, okay, I've got one, right? What if instead of a scrum, all the forwards sit down in a circle, right? And the, the halfback that would feed the scrum, he has the ball in his, in his hands, right? And he goes around and he goes, duck. Duck, duck, goose. And if the person can get up and catch him before he gets down, then they get the ball back. That would be awesome. That sounds good. Yeah. Can you imagine a stadium of people cheering on a game of duck, duck, goose randomly in the middle of a footy match? That would be sensational. I used to love playing duck, duck, goose because I was quick off the mark. So, like, if someone was picking me, man, I was going to get you. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to run you down. Um, with so many playing surface issues, when will we get a fully synthetic field for big games to be played on? Uh, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. We, Unlike England, we have something called the sun, and it actually shines down on us, and we can grow grass, so we don't need synthetic turf. Yes. Um... Why do you let the sponsors tell you what to do? Because they pay the money. Money. Yes. That's pretty straightforward. And who are the sponsors that are telling them what to do? I guess they're talking about the Jack DeBellin case because they were um, saying that they'd lost sponsorship and sponsors were calling them and stuff. And, you know, I think it's all a load of shit, to be honest with you. The sponsors only care about eyeballs at the end of the day. And any time that a sponsor dumps a club or dumps the game. The only reason they're really doing it is because they know that they can get a national headline saying sponsor XYZ walks away from the game because of blah, 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 and they just get way more free publicity by doing that than they would if they just stuck solid. Yep, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, that's we've actually got to the top of the list there. Oh, there you go. We answered all of the questions. Well, we missed probably a handful, but they were pretty much just repeating other stuff. Repetitive, yeah. Well, we there did was, well. There was some other slander in there, but we figured we've answered enough of the slanderous ones. Yeah, we don't need slander. Slander's no. bad. Um, well, we did well with them ones. I thought that we did. Pro- we answered way more than um, Todd Greenberg did, 
and that's fair enough. Todd's a busy man. There's probably another morning tea to have somewhere. And I think that we answered them, you know, decisively. I think we, you and I do a really good job with this, Andrew. Yeah, well, we could just be his PR people in the future. I don't see any problems with that. We're obviously SEO experts. Um, we're both marketing experts. We're not quite experts at live broadcasts quite yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> we're getting there. We yeah. are rugby league experts now. Yeah, we're both rugby league experts. That's really good. Um, so, yeah, we're heading in the right direction. I think that, you know, Todd, if you're listening to this, just give us a phone call and uh, we'll see what we can work out. You've got my email too, Todd. I don't know if you've still got it or not because it was when you were working at the Bulldogs. But, uh, you know, get in touch. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's that's a, another big episode all wrapped up. Uh, give us a uh, subscribe and a five-star rating and even review if you like on, on iTunes. Uh, same again on, on uh, YouTube. We're on there. You can listen to our episodes on there. Um, we're on every podcasting thing out there. Check yeah. out our, our Twitter account, Fergo Freak Pod. Um, we're going to be... We will be doing another live show Um before Origin 2, we might even sneak one in before then. Yeah, I think that we will. Uh, we, we keep testing it out, seeing what's what's going on with it. We think we've worked it out. We think we can do it better than we have, which is very easy, <laughs> as it turns yes. out. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we, so... we, had it, we had it working and functioning completely correctly last night mm. at some god you know, 1am or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, so we're confident we've, we've sorted it out now. Yeah, and we're we're doing well with it now, so we'll we'll see going forward. Um, and also, if you're looking to sponsor the podcast, get in touch with us at the email podcast at leaguefreak.com, or you can just approach me or Andrew on Twitter. Just send us a DM, and you know, just talk to us. See what we can we can give you. Is we're up for doing live reads and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, just get in touch and. We're on the lookout for a sponsor now. We're at that sort of level where we can offer something to a sponsor. So yeah, see, get get in touch and see what we can we can offer you. Absolutely, um, we're happy to do whatever you want too. Just yeah, like the yeah. NRL is when it comes to sponsors. Pretty much, yeah. The money. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone, once again, and uh, we will catch you all later.